Hi, tonight's reading is Luke chapter 18 verse 31 to chapter 19 verse 10. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he is going to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house too, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A few years ago, I read the incredible story of a guy called Louis Zamperini in a book called Unbroken. Zamperini was an American athlete who competed for the US at the Olympics. And Zamperini's life was changed beyond recognition when he was flying a search and rescue mission during World War II and his plane came down at sea. After surviving an insane 47 days at sea, Zamperini's raft was picked up and he was captured and taken to be a prisoner of war in Japan. Now, as you turn through every page, every word of the account of Zamperini's time as a prisoner of war, you begin to ask yourself, how can any one person put up with what he went through? He was beaten, tortured. There was one prison guard especially who paid special attention to Zamperini, and that guy went on to become one of Japan's most wanted war criminals after World War II ended. Well, amazingly, Zamperini survived that experience. And so you would have thought uh, an Olympic athlete and now a survivor of war, that he would return home a hero and that he would go on to live this phenomenal life, maybe even compete in the Olympics again. You know, just as you're gearing up to read that Zamperini lived happily ever after, you actually read how his life spiralled the moment he got home. Understandably, Zamperini was full of bitterness, of resentment, of sheer hatred for the people that had made his life so miserable in Japan. He would wake up in nightmares, terrified and angry. And the only way he could find any comfort was at the bottom of a bottle. <clears throat> 
full of hate without hope and his marriage on the rocks he agreed to go along to a big rally that had been organized where a christian guy called billy graham explained the good news of jesus and that night zamperini became a christian and all that anger all that hatred all the sheer hatred he felt for those people who had destroyed his life left zamperini the nightmares ended he was even able to say that he went on to forgive those people who had tortured him what is it about the person of jesus that can change somebody's life like that you know in the past three weeks as we've been going through luke's account of jesus's life we've seen a lot of people who have come to jesus but they just don't seem to quite have got it they don't seem to quite understand who jesus is and so every time they walk away from him they go away unchanged yet today in these two stories we're going to look at we see two people who show us what genuine faith looks like they show us what real faith looks like the sort of faith that changed louis zamperini changed these two people and if we pick up the lessons from this story it will change us too so what are the markers of real faith well i think there are three markers in these two stories of real faith that can transform us the first of which is this real faith understands who jesus is well, we pick up the story in verse 35 and we find jesus approaching a town called jericho and we're introduced to this blind beggar who's there on the roadside and he can hear that a lot of fuss is being made about something going on he can't see but he can hear that something big is happening you know maybe he thinks that somebody important is coming into town jericho was a wealthy trading city so maybe he thought this was his time to cash in this was a time when a generous man would come through town who he could make some money off help him buy food for just another day and so this blind beggar asks the crowd he says what's going on and the crowd turns to him in verse 37 and they tell him jesus of nazareth is passing by <clears throat> But this blind beggar then does something really curious. Instead of calling out in verse 38, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me, the blind beggar shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd call Jesus of Nazareth, the blind beggar calls him Jesus, son of David. Why? well you see that title son of david is really there highlighting for us that though this guy might not be able to see physically he sees spiritually son of david is the title that refers to who jesus actually is it refers to his status as king in the old testament god promised that it would be a son of king david who came to be the rescuer of his people he would be the promised savior of god's people and you see the blind beggar might not be able to see anything in reality but he can see things spiritually he understands who jesus actually is and it changes everything for him you see he won't simply let jesus pass by him without paying attention to him did you notice that 
he goes on, he shouts out to Jesus and the crowd tell him to shut up because why wouldn't you? The guy's a blind beggar trying to bother an important guest like Jesus. Why wouldn't you tell him to shut up? But in verse 39, we, we are told that he cries out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. <clears throat> and whereas day after day after day, this blind beggar would have asked every person that passed him for money so that he could live, because he understands who Jesus is, he doesn't ask for money. He asks for the impossible. He says in verse 41, Lord, I want to see. He asks for his sight back. He asks for something that only God could give him. Because real faith understands who Jesus is. So let me ask us this, do we really understand who Jesus is? You know, that's such a tough question to ask here in Northern Ireland, because I think there's a conception that so many of us think we know who Jesus is, even if maybe we don't. You know, when the last census was taken here back in 2011, 83% of people responded saying that they were broadly Christian, meaning that they were either Catholic or Protestant. And, you know, it means that I could walk down any street in Northern Ireland virtually and find somebody who told me they knew who Jesus was. And many of us watching this might say the same thing. We might say we know who Jesus is. But can I say that watching this doesn't inherently mean that you know who Jesus is. Coming along to church under normal circumstances doesn't necessarily mean you know who Jesus is. Knowing trivia about him doesn't necessarily mean you know who he is. Real faith means understanding Jesus as saviour. So do you understand Jesus to be your saviour, your rescuer? Because it is only when you understand that that you actually understand the significance of Jesus, why he matters, who he is. It is understanding that that changes this blind beggar from a man going out about trying to get money to live to a man who has his sight back and then goes and follows Jesus. Do you know who Jesus really is? Can I say, if you know that the answer to that question is that you don't know who he is, if you don't know him as your rescuer, then just this last week, we started our life course. That is for easy as you like weeks, to find out why the life of Jesus matters for your life, why it can change your life. You can catch up on the first one uh, on our YouTube channel. There's details before the service, there's details after the service about how to get online with that. Please, if you don't know Jesus as your rescuer, get onto the life course and find out how his life makes sense of your life. So that's our first thing that we learn about what real faith looks like here. Real faith understands who Jesus is. Here's the second thing. Real faith is for desperate people who know they need saving. You know, when I was younger, I definitely had this idea in my mind that Christianity was something for good people. You know, I can remember as a kid going along to church and, you know, you sort of dress up in clothes that you wouldn't normally wear and you go along to church and there are a load of other people there who are kind of dressed nicely as well. 
and there's a lot of kind of smiles and everything just seems kind of very nice. And you talk to people and everybody just sort of seems like they've got their lives all together, like nothing really kind of much goes wrong for them, like there's nothing much that they would change about their life. And you know, I think this made me think to myself, maybe Christianity is for people who have got it all together. Maybe Christianity is just for good people. Maybe you think that as well. But can I say that from these two stories, we find that that could not be further from the truth. I mean, we just saw Jesus approach a rich town like Jericho, a prosperous town, and Jesus didn't stop to talk to the dignitaries. Jesus didn't stop for the important people. Jesus stopped for a blind beggar. Jesus stopped for a nobody, some guy the crowd was trying to shut up. And as we move into chapter 19, we find Jesus stopping for somebody else pretty unexpected. Jesus is passing through Jericho and we're told in uh, verse two of chapter 19, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. Now it's difficult for us to actually comprehend how hated Zacchaeus would have been. You know, tax collectors made their money by extorting people, by collecting taxes and then taking an extra amount on top, a cut for themselves. So they took what wasn't theirs. And Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. So not only did he take from people, but he took from all of the people who took from people. Zacchaeus was about as bad as they come. And Zacchaeus would have been genuinely hated by the people in Jericho. And you know, in verse three, you start to really sort of get a sense of that. We're told that Zacchaeus is a little fella. He can't see over the crowd. But you know, social convention would have dictated that if they thought he was important, if they thought Zacchaeus was worth squat, they would have parted the crowd to let him through to the front. But this crowd don't think Zacchaeus is worth anything. They hate him. Zacchaeus really is an outcast, just like the blind beggar was. And so this hated man goes and does something utterly desperate, potentially humiliating. He runs ahead and he climbs a tree. Now, ancient Middle Eastern men did not run. It was undignified for them to run. And they definitely, definitely did not climb trees. This would have been insane if anybody had seen Zacchaeus doing this. There's one writer that suggests that probably the reason Zacchaeus went up a sycamore tree was because sycamore trees had really large branches and leaves. So Zacchaeus thought it was the one place that he could get to see Jesus, but no one would see him. And you can imagine him going up into that tree, hoping that is the case. He's a hated man. He doesn't want to be a humiliated man as well. But here's the amazing thing. The amazing thing is Jesus does see him. But you know, Jesus doesn't do the popular thing. The really popular thing, the thing that would have really got the crowd going is if Jesus looked up at Zacchaeus in the tree and he had berated him. And Jesus had said, you're an awful guy, Zacchaeus. Come down from the tree so I can give you a kicking. But Jesus doesn't do that. 
we're told Jesus looks up at this tree, looks up at Zacchaeus in this tree, this criminal. And Jesus says to him in verse 5, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. A town like Jericho would have pulled out all the stops for someone like Jesus. They would have offered him the chance to stay in the town. They would have put on a massive feast for him. Yet despite everything in this town, there is only one person Jesus is interested in hanging out with. And it's the most hated guy there. And this was more than Jesus just going for a sit-down meal. In that culture, to eat with somebody signified friendship. It signified acceptance. It signified approval. Jesus befriends the most hated man in town. I don't know what you might be carrying around with you. I don't know what shame you carry around with you. I don't know what things lurk in your past that keep you up at night. But this shows us that Jesus has come for desperate people, for people who know that they need him. People who know that they bring nothing to the table like Zacchaeus. People who are outcasts like the blind beggar like Zacchaeus. People who would do anything they could just to get close to Jesus. The blind man shouts when the crowd tell him to shut up. Zacchaeus runs and climbs a tree just to get close to Jesus because they know they need him. They know they bring nothing to the table. They know they need rescuing. Those are the people Jesus has come for. Not because we deserve it, but because of what the Bible calls grace. That you and I can be accepted by Jesus even in spite of what we have done wrong. And you know, it's because Jesus was made the outcast for us. Jesus was flogged and beaten and spit upon and killed so that you and I could be welcomed in, so that you and I could be accepted despite the things we've done, all for you and for me. That is why Jesus can hand out, can put out the hand of friendship to Zacchaeus. And in that brilliantly understated way in verse 6, we're told, so Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Because that is what true faith is. It is for desperate people who know they need saving. Here's the final thing. <clears throat> Real faith is about a life transformed by Jesus. Back in 1995 in Colorado in the USA, a woman called Charletta Johnson was running in to pick up her niece. And as she was doing so, she left her couple of young boys in the car. Just an ordinary woman going about an ordinary day. Yet she happened to find herself in the wrong place at the wrong time. While she was in the house, in a case of mistaken identity, a gang shot up Charletta's car, killing her three-year-old son who was inside. Later, a 15-year-old kid was prosecuted, a kid called Raymond Johnston. Now, a number of years later, Charletta went to visit her son's killer in prison. She went to visit Raymond. 
but she didn't go to unload her grief on him. She didn't go to unleash her hate upon him. Charletta went to visit him to tell him that she forgave him. And you know, more than that, Charletta went to that prison and she didn't only tell him that she forgave him, she unofficially adopted him as her son. She put money into his bank account so that he could buy things. She looked after him. She called him. She said, I accepted him as my son because he was absent of his parents. I mean, I can't begin to imagine what it would have taken for her to get to that point of being able to welcome the guy who killed her son into her family. But imagine this. Imagine if Raymond Johnson, her son's killer, had turned around and just gone back to life as normal. He had said, well, that's a nice gesture, Charletta, but you know what, I'm just gonna carry on as I was. I'm gonna take the money that you put into my bank account, but I'm never actually gonna pay any attention to you. I'm never gonna pick up your calls when you ring. I'm never gonna show any remorse for what I've done. Wouldn't that be unthinkable that somebody would respond like that. Raymond's life would never be the same after Charlotte forgave him. This is exactly true for us if we understand Jesus' acceptance of us. If we understand that Jesus came for desperate people who cannot save themselves, if we understand we are those desperate people then our lives can never be the same. We can never just return to life as it was. And you see that happen with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus has been welcomed by Jesus. He has experienced this welcome. He has experienced as this hated man being honoured by Jesus, him coming to his house for dinner. And despite the fact that we're told the crowd complain in verse 7 about Jesus going for dinner with a sinner, What Zacchaeus doesn't try and do is stand up and say, but I'm not really a sinner. He doesn't try and stand up and say, ah, the things that I did weren't really that bad. In verse 8, look at what we're told Zacchaeus did. We're told that Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And so Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Do you see what being accepted and welcomed by Jesus did to Zacchaeus? It made him part with the thing that was more precious to him than anything else in the world. You know, there's a reason we were told by Luke, the author of this, that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Luke is really trying to highlight for us that this is what matters to Zacchaeus in life. Money, wealth, status, these are where Zacchaeus tap his identity. This is what Zacchaeus thinks matters. This is what's more precious to him than anything else. It's where he finds meaning. Yet when Zacchaeus experiences welcome from Jesus of being accepted by Jesus, suddenly this thing that has defined him Zacchaeus stands up and he looks at the crowd and he says, I give it up. I don't need it anymore. 
And not only that, he is willing to admit he's defrauded people. He's willing to admit that he's been an absolute scumbag because he knows it's true and he knows that Jesus has welcomed him. You see, he knows he doesn't have to hide away from the things he's done wrong because he knows that Jesus knows them all, but has extended the hand of friendship to him anyway. Jesus has accepted him and it changes Zacchaeus. You know, his pledge is utterly outrageous. Right there on the spot to give away half of everything he owns and then to pay back four times the amount that he had defrauded anyone. That was an outrageous claim. And Zacchaeus can't do this because he got religion. He can't do this because he's on a path to making himself a better person. It's not because he's trying to clean up his act. Zacchaeus can do this because he has found something more precious than money. He has found acceptance by Jesus, despite what he had done wrong. You know, last week we looked at the story of a rich ruler who got this the other way round. He got it the complete wrong way round. You see, because he came to Jesus but didn't understand who Jesus was. He didn't understand that real faith was for desperate people. He thought he could earn his own salvation. He thought he could earn his way to Jesus. And because of that, he went away depressed because he couldn't give up his money. He couldn't earn his way into heaven. Yet Zacchaeus' life is changed because he experiences acceptance and therefore he wants to change, just like Raymond Johnson would be accepted and then his life would change. It was the same for Zacchaeus. Have our lives changed like Zacchaeus's? Have we experienced deep down within our hearts that acceptance, that welcome of Jesus? Has that changed us? Here's a good test for all of us. Is our attitude to Jesus always a case of how little do I have to give up? You know, all too often in my attitude to Jesus, it's all about how little can I get away with giving you? How little can I get away with doing for you? When it comes to me giving away my money to the work of Jesus here at Uni Church, I often think to myself, how little can I give away and how much can I keep for myself? I don't think to myself like Zacchaeus, I don't say, Jesus, have it all because you have given me everything because you have accepted me. Do we live our Christian lives this way? Do we continually ask, how little can I get away with? If we have, if we know that's what we do, then come back to Jesus. Read this passage again and again and again and understand that he accepts people who know they need him, people who get it wrong, people who muck up, people who screw up all the time. Those are the people Jesus accepts. And if you never let that leave your mind, if you pray about it, if you think about it, that will transform you because Jesus accepts you. The passage closes with those amazing words in verse 10. For the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came to seek and to save the lost. Real faith transformed a blind beggar. 
It transforms Zacchaeus. It transformed Louis Zamperini. Real faith transforms because it knows it's accepted by Jesus. If you are not a Christian, accept Jesus and he will transform you. You don't have to clean up your act for him. Accept him and he will change you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that Christianity is not for good people. It's not for people who think they get it right. It is not for people who think that they can earn their way to you. It is for people who know they're lost, who know that they need you. Heavenly Father, thank you for how you've shown us that in the blind beggar and in Zacchaeus. And I pray for myself, for everyone watching this, that we would accept your welcome that we would accept Jesus holding out the hand of friendship to us and that that might lead to absolute transformation in our lives, lives which look at how much they can give for you as opposed to how much we can keep for ourselves. Father, change us as we understand this. In Jesus' name, amen.